0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Last week, Dave kicked off a series, a new series called Genuine. It's about relationships in a superficial world. And the the, the impetus of this series was two things that we've been trying to do this year as a church. And the first thing is encounters with God. And so we've been really trying to lean in to encountering God. We've been encouraging our worship team. Let's take moments during our worship to have free worship so that we can have the presence of God, experience God and encounter God. And then the other thing we've been doing, is we've been trying to build community with others. And so we've just finished a series that was called Heart of Worship that's about encountering God. And then we're starting this series, which Dave started last week, called Genuine, which is about community building relationships. And so we're going to watch a video right now quickly from our lead pastor, uh, Miles Palliudon, where he shares, he speaks to someone about uh, an example he saw of people doing deep community together. So if you just want to look to the screens... And we're going to watch that right now. Thank you.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm here with Gabe. Mate, it was only six months ago. You were walking down here for your wedding. Yeah. This was a special wedding that Bonnie and I were a part of. And we want to talk about that today. Here's what blew me away. The depth of relationships that were happening. Everyone was connected. Everyone knew each other. Everyone had these deep convictions of relationship that I really haven't seen very often. You know, in some weddings, people you invite because you have to. Definitely. Uh, There wasn't any of that. And you know how some weddings people get invited and they don't want to be there. This wedding, everyone's connected. Everyone's talking, everyone's laughing, everyone's cheering. There was a special deep community that Bonnie and I said, we want to be part of a church that has relationships like this. Powerful. What's really special about this story and these relationships that were built was Gabe's from South Africa. It was only four years ago that he arrived in Australia, not knowing anybody. And then three years ago, you went to church, Elevation. And that's where it all began. Because when I looked at these relationships, I'm thinking this has been going on for 20, 30 years. What God did in three years is amazing. And I want to unpack that with you. So let's start at the beginning. You went to Elevation. What happened?
2: I can vividly remember coming to Elevation for the first time. It was a revival night. And remember in that night, I met about six or seven dudes, probably about my age or just older than me. Um, And I was plugged straight into a life group that night by I think it was Jack Oxner. He, he told me, surely you got to join a life group. So I did. Did you know what a life group was? No, I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> think, what am I signing up for? Absolutely. I just said, oh, well, food and, and hangs. Yeah, sure, why not? Man, I've never felt more welcomed um, in my whole life walking to any sort of social event than when I did walking into Elevation.
1: And then what was amazing was only a couple weeks later, yeah. lockdown, but there's some loopholes yeah. and you're able to keep meeting. Yes. How often did you meet? I think we all knew
2: that in order for us to get through COVID, we needed to be seeing each other weekly.
1: How did then those events, that life group, that gathering cause those relationships to become so deep so quickly?
2: Having to meet weekly and talk to each other on such a consistent basis, that really broke down a lot of walls for
1: people. Talk about the vulnerability. So easy, we can have a mask. You're an outsider, you're a foreigner. What what prompted that intimacy and that vulnerability?
2: I, for my whole life, I've always been a person that was not very vulnerable. I I definitely carried a lot by myself. I I never knew Christ when I came over.
1: What was it like to be able to share and trust people with your secrets and your story? Uh,
2: Hard at first. It's, It's hard to tell someone something that is really deep and, you know, that's impacted you for a while because um, you don't know how they're going to respond. You know, we talk about how men can be brash and harsh with the way they speak, but they weren't like that. They were compassionate, they were empathetic, and they actually wanted to help. And I genuinely don't think I would be the person I am today without them.
1: Had you had relationships like this before? Were you open and vulnerable? And I, I, would, I, I actually can't say that I had so many. So what would be your advice to someone who's wanting some deep relationships in a short amount of time? What would be your suggestion to them in Elevation? Get in a life group that is vulnerable and that connects
2: you on a consistent basis because genuinely I believe that it was the consistency of that life group that changed my life.
1: So how did you meet Brooke?
2: I actually had seen her Um, through all of the online services. She was the one singing. She was the pretty redhead singing. And I always said to all the Life Group boys, like, oh, what do you guys think about Brooke? And what do you guys think about Brooke? I think at that time, I didn't care much for the message. I just cared to look at Brooke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bonnie and I are so proud of you and Brooke and the relationship you have. And we're so proud of our church that these relationships were built so quickly. Um, so deeply. It's my prayer, my desire that every one of us would have that group of people where we're real, we're raw, we're vulnerable, we're open, we're, we're pouring into each other, building each other up. So praise God for you and Brooke and for our future together at Elevation.
0: Wow, what a, what a story of connection and people finding relationships so good. And that's our desire across all of our locations of Elevation, that we would find people that we could connect with deeply and to do deep relationships with. And who knows, you might find someone at church that you end up marrying like Gabe did there today. I don't know, maybe someone on the worship team, but uh, not my daughter. She's not, she's not available for anyone. You're not good enough for her. But anyway... Um, Last week, Dave really set the foundation of our series, and he spoke a great a great message on friendships. And he had three really really great points. The first one was that friendships matter, and 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 if you are sort of like an introvert or sort of a person who doesn't like people, you've got to understand that friendships matter, and they they're going to shape and influence you. He said this great quote that, "Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The people that you hang around with will lead you to good." It will take you backwards. He also said this, friendships matter more than screens. Real community is built around being available to people in their face, in their day-to-day lives, not behind a screen. Being intentional and vulnerable with connecting to them. And then thirdly, friendships matter to God. God is in community himself in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Relationships, friendships matter to God. And so he wants that same type of experience for our lives as well. And so we've set the foundation for the importance of friendships. I hope we, we get that. Genuine friendships. And I think we all want great friendships, great great relationships, right? Does anyone here today want that? People are a bit scared that if you put your hand up, you're going to be <laughs> signing as, you know, guarantors for my home loan. But... We, we want great relationships, but how do we find them? Yeah. How do we how do we find great friends? How do we find great relationships? And and I believe that you can find them in a community like this. I believe that there are great people sitting right beside you that you may not know yet who can become great friends for you. And we'll speak about that more next week. But today I want to look at something a little bit different. There's a man, his name's called Zig Zigley. He said this, if you go looking for a friend... You're going to find they're very scarce. If you go out to be a friend, you'll find them everywhere. And I think this is such a great statement. I think there's a lot of truth in this today. And so today, I want to look at not finding great friends. I want to find, I want to look at being a great friend. I want to look internally, turn the mirror, you know, look in the mirror at ourselves, turn the finger back to ourselves. How can we be great friends to people around us? My message is titled "A Great Friend." Let's pray this morning, Heavenly Father. I pray as we delve into your message today, your your, your word this morning. I pray that we would hear. From from you the greatest friend we would have ever had that we would hear you speak to us through scripture god that we would be a community god that is building relationships that is vulnerable that is hearing from you but is also Lord god walking in life with our brothers and sisters so we thank you for that this morning in Jesus mighty name everyone said Amen. Uh, Well, I just talked about how Gabby did. We spent uh, six weeks away in Italy and it was amazing. And I got a little bit of a tan and ate lots of food and went to the beach and complained about how hot the weather was and all those types of things. Uh, But uh, as Gabby was saying earlier, if you've ever been to Italy, one thing you'll quickly discover, and I know a few people who have been to Italy, is that Italy is, uh, used to be more so, but still is, quite a religious nation. And the way you can tell that is by the number of churches that you encounter when you're there. Like, there are so many churches. They are everywhere. And so, I didn't want to be left out not showing any pictures this morning. So, I got some pictures as well. I promise you we won't do too many more of these pictures in the future, church. But we got some photos here this morning. So, um... We're going to bring them up. The first one, I think, uh, Gabby already shared a few. This is the church in Milan. Uh, it was started construction in 1300. Finished construction in in 1965. 600 years took to build this church. The next church here that's coming up. This is uh, yeah. This is the inside of this church uh, of the church in Milan, and it doesn't really do justice. It's just so awe inspiring and amazing to be there. And so then the next next church here. Um, oh yeah there's another picture here of the inside of the church okay yep obviously I've been away a while I can't even remember my own pictures uh this is a little part here inside the church let's bring up the next church this is a church in Como uh this is this church was let me just grab this this church was started it in 1396, completed in 1770. 400 years. I mean, we were complaining that it took us 30 years to find a church building. I mean, look at these guys. They were going for for 400 years. The next church here we have is Florence. This is a church in Florence, an amazing church here. The, 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 the Florentines, it only took them 140 years to build their church. 1396, 1770. Oh, sorry, 1296 to 1436. Then we went to a place called Siena where they have a horse race every year. This is a church in Siena. We actually got to go inside this church. It was amazing, so ornate. And uh, this church, it only took them uh, 60 years to build their church. They're really onto it, these guys. Uh, Then we went down to Sicily, where Gabby's family is from, and we went to a church in uh, Palermo. I don't have any photos of the outside, but this is the photos of the inside of this church. And you can't see it, but this is... This is all moulded, carved, everything you see, it's not painted, it's all carved. It is is crazy amazing and so I think there you can kind of maybe see what it looks like there, uh, that church there. And then finally we have a church, we went to a place called Catania and this is the cathedral in Catania and this church was built in 1078 it's over a thousand years old, this church. Come on, Elevation Melbourne West, a thousand years. Let's do this. And uh, this is a great church as well. And, 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 and Google tells me that there is a thousand churches, no, not a thousand, a hundred thousand Catholic churches. This is not even to talk about the Protestant church, you know, there's a hundred thousand Catholic churches in Italy. That's a lot of churches and As I was reflecting, thank you Rick, as I was reflecting on this series, and also thinking about the trip that we just had, I got to thinking that, you know, the way that we can be great friends is a similar way, there is an analogy in how you build a building or you build a great church. And so today I want to talk about that. So you need a foundation, you need walls, and you need a covering, you need a roof. And so today I want to look at this analogy, unpack it for us. So if you're taking notes today, how to be a great friend. Point number one, one, a great friend lays a foundation of integrity, if you want to be a great friend, you need to lay your life down on a, a, a foundation of integrity. What's, what's integrity? Integrity is doing what is right at the right time, no matter the cost, the imposition, the downsides, or the hardships that are involved. Psalms 28:18 8, says this, The one who lives with integrity will be helped, but he who distorts right, and wrong will suddenly fall the integrity of the foundation of a building is so important I don't know if there's anyone here who's ever built your own home but you'll notice the first thing they do is they lay down what the foundations and the structural integrity of those foundations is going to determine how well the house the building the church the skyscraper will survive will last into the future and if you don't have a good foundation the building uh, will eventually collapse It will eventually fall down and and it's the same in our own lives. If we lack integrity in our lives, sooner or later, no matter how, how hard we try to build good friendships and be a good friend, we will find that those relationships will come crashing down. See, if I am a great friend, I will lay a foundation of integrity in my life. I will be honest and tell the truth. A person with integrity is honest and tells the truth. Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his practices and have put on the new man who is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of his creator. Honest and tell the truth. I'll tell the truth about how my life is and I'll tell you the truth about how you are going in your life. A good friend who bases their life on a foundation of integrity will stick to my word. If I say I'm going to do something... I will do it. If I start something, I finish it. A great friend who has a integrity as part of their life will be loyal. I'm going to stick by you through thick or thin. I'm going to stick with you even when it might not be convenient for me to do it. A great friend, someone with integrity, will uplift Will be a person that encourages, will be a person that comes alongside you and says, Come on, you've got this. They're not gonna be someone who's gonna gossip about you or speak negative of you. A good friend, a person who has a foundation of integrity, will be trustworthy. You, you can share something with me and you know that I'm not gonna go and gossip. I'm not gonna go and tell what you've told me in private, tell the whole world about what you've said to me. The scriptures call us to a life of integrity. Titus 2.7, set an example of good works yourself with integrity and dignity in your teaching. This was to, to ministers, but I would say that we could say in your life, in your life, integrity and dignity, your message is to be sound beyond reproach so that the opponent will be ashamed, having nothing bad to say about us. Christians, we're called to a life of integrity, so that there might be nothing that the world could say against us because of the integrity we have in our lives. And here's what we need to know, church. People of integrity are great friends. A person who's honest, sticks to their word, they're loyal, trustworthy, uplifts, that's a great friend. That's the type of friend that I want to have. That's the type of friend that I want to be. And maybe... You know, when we talk about integrity, maybe there's been points or times in your life where you've maybe had to compromise a little bit. Or you've maybe had to do some things that made you compromise your integrity. I want to say this this morning. Don't despair. Don't give up hope. You can always rebuild the foundation of integrity in your life. Come on, I want to encourage someone this morning. You can always reload those foundations. How do you do that? Start telling the truth. How do you do it? Start being loyal. How do you do it? Start keeping what someone's told you private, private. How do you do it? Don't be someone... You speak well of people. Encourage them. We can rebuild the integrity in our lives. See, if we want to be a great friend, we need to lay the foundation of integrity. That's number one. Number two, a great friend constructs walls of flexibility. I'm working pretty hard to get these points to, to, to tie in with the church building stuff, okay? constructs walls of flexibility. People need to laugh a bit more. I'm back. It's time to laugh. If you look at the modern construction of a building, uh, they have deep, strong foundations, but there's something more they have. They also have... They're also designed in such a way so that there is a flexibility in the walls so that in winds and earthquakes they they sway, they move, they're flexible to to go with what is happening around about them. There's some flexibility and resilience in the way that they build the walls of buildings and if you want to be a great friend you're going to have to cultivate uh, uh, um, flexibility in your relationships. If you're a great friend you're going to have to cultivate flexibility. What, What does this mean? It means that we need to be big enough within our, within inside ourselves that when, so, when someone rubs up against us the wrong way, when the winds of you know maybe opposition or someone telling us the truth, you right being a good friend, a great friend tells us the truth that we can take what they've said to us. That when the force of someone pushes against us or someone lets us down or or, or someone disappoints us or they offend us, that we would be flexible enough to absorb that and to allow ourselves to stay standing and to not respond back in a, in an aggressive and angry and negative way colossians 3:12 therefore god's god's chosen chosen ones holy and loved put on heartfelt compassion kindness humi- humility gentleness and patience accepting one another and forgiving one another uh, Forgiving one another if everyone, if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. See, as believers, as the body of Christ, as people who are following Jesus and endeavouring as much as possible to become more like Him day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, line upon line, precept upon precept, as we're endeavouring to become more like Christ, Christ calls us... To bear with one another. He calls us to be flexible in our relationships with people, to take the force of the wind pushing against us to absorb it. He calls us to respond with heartfelt compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. I gotta be honest with you. There are times in our six weeks on the trip where I didn't want to, and I didn't unfortunately respond with kindness to my wife or my kids at times, right? But that's how He wants us to respond. You know, sooner or later, I'm afraid to tell you, and this may not have happened to you in your life and it hasn't, praise God, but sooner or later, people are gonna let you down. Your friends. Your family, other Christians, the church, Pastor Gabby, someone's going to let you down. They're going to let you down, but there is is a responsibility upon us. The scriptures say that we are called to unity. The scriptures say that for the sake of the church, for our witness to the world around us, for the gospel message that we have to be big enough to take these things to work them through with forgiveness. See, if we're a great friend and if we construct walls of flexibility in our lives, we will be slow to take offense and quick to forgive. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's, that's out there. Slow to take offense, quick to forgive. If we are a great friend, if we construct walls of flexibility in our lives, we will understand that another's sin is no more offensive than my own. Turn to the person next to you say, he's talking about you this morning. Another sin is no more offensive than my own. Dietrich Boffheimer says this, If my sinfulness appears to me to be in any way smaller or less detestable in comparison with the sins of others, I am still not recognizing my sinfulness at all. How can I possibly serve another human in unfeigned humility if I seriously regard his sinfulness as worse than my own? We, we will not consider someone else's sin more, worse than ourselves. See, if I'm a great friend, if I'm building walls of flexibility in my life, I will remember the example of Jesus. Jesus you know, sees the cross set before him with humility, with compassion, with love, with forgiveness. He 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 endures it. We'll endeavor to live like Jesus Christ as well. And if we are a great friend with walls of flexibility, we will be patient. Patient. Wow, that's, that's like, that's almost a swear word, isn't it? Patient. We will be patient. They may have failed us today, but perhaps tomorrow they will get up and, and, and be on the right course. They may have failed me today, but perhaps tomorrow they will get it right. People of flexibility are great friends. So if you want to be a great friend, we need to construct walls of flexibility. If the keys would come this morning, that'd be great. And then thirdly and finally, a great friend covers it all with Christ's love. Every building needs a roof. It needs a covering. I don't know about your house, but we have a roof. If, if you don't, that's an interesting scenario. But we have a roof, a covering that protects us from the heat from the cold, from the rain, from the snow, from the hail, it protects us from debris and animals, it protects us from the dirt and the atmosphere and pollution. We need a roof, we need a covering over our home. And if you want to be a great friend, you need the consistent, you need a consistent connection with the covering of the love of Jesus Christ. In Colossians 3:14, above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity I love how Gab earlier talked about above all there was the cross of Jesus we didn't even hook this up but above all put on love the perfect bond of unity see it's the love of Jesus that allows us to maintain the bond of unity in the relationships that we have with us because it's the love of Jesus that sustains us it's the love of Jesus sustains. And sometimes we get it all a little bit around about the wrong way. We get it all a little bit mixed up and we have relationships. And every relationship, every friendship requires giving of ourselves and investing time and, and, and energy. And sometimes we might find ourselves in a position where doing that, we, we find ourselves where our emotional tank is empty. And then we get a little bit cranky and we're like, Why is, you know, I'm pouring myself out into others. No one's pouring back into me. You know, my friends could be doing a better job blah 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 etc etc but what we need to realize is that you can't satisfy an infinite need with finite things and look we're talking about relationships with 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 other humans and it's so so important but You're not going to find what you're looking for in finite things, which is other humans, even though we're infinite beings, but finite things. You're only going to find it in the love of Jesus covering our lives. He is the one that refills our tanks. He is the one that sustains us. He is the one that pours into us and then enables us to then pour into other people around us. It is Jesus and His love. And the only way to be filled with the love of Jesus is to be consistently connecting with Him. The only way to know who Jesus is is to be consistently connected with Him. The only way to know how how He wants you to live, the only way to experience His love is to be consistently connecting with Him. And see, if to be a great friend, and if I'm covering my life with the love of Jesus, I will be a giver, not a user. Adrian Rogers, we're to love people and use things, not love things and use people. And as a church, we are trying very hard To love people and use things, not use people and love things. We're trying very hard and I know that the church has at times used people and loved things. And I don't want to apologize if there's anybody here today who's been in a church like that. I want to apologize if there's anyone who's been in this church and has felt like that today. But we want to love people. We want to be a giver, not a user. If we are, are being a great friend and we're covering our life with the love of Christ, we will be desiring the best for others. God desires the best for you. He wants the very best for you. So we'll be saying, God, I'm standing with you. I'm praying for my brother. I'm praying for my sister. I'm praying for my friend. God, bless them. God, come on, your provision on their life. I'm celebrating when they're doing well. We were designing the best for others. If I'm a great friend and I'm covering my life with the love of Christ, I will see others as Christ sees them. Scripture say, for God so loved the world. He so loved the world, He gave His only Son. You know, if I would would if if the love of Jesus is inside me, that enables me to see, uh, that enables me to see how God loves others. If if let me say this again, God's love in me, because I wrote it down, it sounds better when I've written it down. God's love in me sees God's love in others. Come on, doesn't that sound so much better? We can hashtag that one. God's love in me sees God's love for others. You'll never see. How much God loves someone else if you don't have Christ's love in you? If you don't have the covering of God's love of your life, you're not consistently spending time saying, Jesus, I need your love in my life. Here's what we need to know. People covered by Christ's love are great friends. If you want to be a great friend, you need to cover all of your life with Christ's love. So as I finish today, there's a deep richness that we can experience in life when we have great friends in our lives. But great friends don't come by happenstance great friends usually come because you're a great friend yourself Zig Ziglar he had that quote at the start I want to just change it a little bit here we, we'll make this Zig Ziglar slash Bronson Blackmore if you go looking for a great friend you're going to find they're very very scarce if you go out to be a great friend you'll find them everywhere and this week and, and in this series and over this next coming time you know, I want us as a church to take some time to reflect what kind of friend am I what kind of friend am i and look around maybe at the relationships and friendships you have and do some analysis what kind of friend am i to the people around me and do i have integrity am i flexible you know when things are a bit tense and tough in relationships how do i react to those times and, and I, am i constantly covering my life of christ's love am i am i seeing people how god sees people what kind of friend am I? am I? Am I building my life in that way? I've got the foundation, I've got the walls, I've got the covering. How's my life? What kind of great friend? What kind of friend am I? My prayer for you, for me, for our church is that we would be great people, great friends, that we would have great friendships, that we would know the joy of doing life with others, that we would know the, the, the great experience that you can have when you have great people standing next to you. But most importantly, that we would have a relationship with the greatest friend that we could ever know that loved us so much that before we even knew who they were, they loved us so much they laid their lives down for us. And so today, all eyes closed, as I finish right now, I want to give us an opportunity. to talk. I want to, I want to take this opportunity to take about a great friend that we all have. His name is Jesus Christ. The Scriptures tell us that He left heaven came down to earth and He was a great friend to humanity. He's not just a friend to us. He's our Lord and Savior. And Today, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know Jesus as a friend in your life, a great friend, the greatest friend, above any other type of human experience you could experience, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity this morning invite him into your life to receive him into your life the scriptures say that he knocks at the door of our hearts asking to be let in. he's not just going to force himself in he wait he's waiting for you to say jesus come in let's be great friends together let's let's live life together you're my lord and savior so i'm going to come underneath you i'm going to submit to your desires for my life but we're going to do life together this morning if there's anyone who doesn't know jesus as their lord and savior You've never invited him into your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to put your hands up and say, Bronson, I want to know Jesus. As you put your hand up, we'll say a prayer. And it's a quick prayer. It's an acknowledgement of who Jesus is. And then the journey begins following Christ. you'll experience his goodness you'll experience his life that so many people in this room can testify to what Jesus has done in their lives and what he means to them but this morning if you would like to know Jesus would you put your hand up say Bronson I want to invite Jesus into my life I want to know him this morning I want to receive him today we're gonna pray a prayer would you pray this prayer with me dear Jesus Thank you, uh, friend. Thank you, uh, my Lord and Savior. Thank you, you died for my sins. You rose again. You give me new life. I invite you into my life. I choose to follow you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. God, this morning, if people have prayed that prayer, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would right now they're experiencing your goodness they're experiencing your presence holy spirit you're indwelling them in this moment to empower them to the transformed new creation life and we thank you for that this morning in your mighty name god i pray for the rest of us here this morning as we know you lord Jesus. i pray that the the words spoken today the words spoken last week in this genuine series god that we would hear you speaking to us through these messages god that there would be something that is said that would connect with us lord god i pray lord also that we would also connect sideways together, God, to build relationships, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you've called us to friendship. It matters, Lord Jesus. So we thank you for that. That we'd be genuine with each other, genuine with you. Thank you for all you're doing in this church. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said amen. Come on. It's a great day. Thank you, Jesus.